0: Yo, what up? What about this is the Lazy Philosopher podcast? I think I messed that one up, but it's cool. We'll roll with it uh, because that's what you have to do with sadness, which is the topic of this week's episode. Uh, I got right here with me, Jason Reed.
1: Hello, hi.
0: Is that your radio voice?
1: Uh, no, it's just my normal voice. It's do so- I have
0: to say it louder like you are? No, no. no, no. Well, like, uh, let's see, uh, guys, can you hear him <laughs> in the future? Isn't that kind of crazy? We're talking to some people in the future.
1: I I think it's a beautiful... I don't think it's that crazy. After listening to so many podcasts and being like, this is from the past, I've become more accepting of it.
0: But, like, that's... You're normalized magic, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) To me, like, this is nuts, bro. Like, most of my listeners are... I have a large constituency in India... Uh, lots of Germany really? in the UK. Wow. And so, like, like it, dude, like, it's crazy. You know, and we're just sitting here yakking.
1: And we have no idea who's going to be listening to this. I think that's beautiful. Like, uh, uh, this is about sadness. Hopefully, there's some depressed people in India and being like, oh,
0: man. Did you say hopefully there's some depressed people in India? Are there a lot of depressed no, people? No, no, I just, like, I like the soundbite. Hopefully, there are depressed <laughs> people in India. Just like, hopefully, y'all are sad.
1: <laughs> I... I it, how are the depression rates in India, or uh, just in other parts of the world? It's less than in America, right? America is like. A- like one of the top countries where motherfuckers are sad.
0: Well, so um Durkheim actually did a a study where he found out the more developed a country the more um likely people are to mm. to be um suicidal. It wasn't depression. Um but he attributed it to <laughs> basically that like the as a society progresses, the religion plays a smaller role in people's lives, which basically um number one there's less community. And then um, so people just are kind of more isolated and then people have to take full responsibility for their failures So like before when you live in a highly stratified society and it's just like that Let's take for example like India's caste system or the feudal system That's it. You don't really have anyone to blame (laughs) for your sadness. You're just like yo, this is my lot in life Let me just like like kill this chicken and avoid
1: That's what I miss about the old (laughs) days where I don't I didn't if I was in the 1700s in Asia or whatever Korea um i don't i probably wouldn't be wallowing in my sadness i'd probably be searching for water or trying to get grains of rice to cook like it's very simplified but now we're so aware where i'm even looking at the skyline of uh or just the lights of chicago right now and I'm just like, oh, we're all sad. Yeah. Everyone here is sad.
0: Everyone, and I think that's the big thing is, is this assumption of lack of sadness and people lying about being happy. Like, dude, like, I'm going to tell you this. is like I'm, I'm a happy dude by, like, most standards. But, dude, I,
1: I have horrible thoughts. Like, I think awful things about myself. And that's okay. People can't separate that if you're happy, you can also be depressed and that's really what leads you down the spiral of, like, what is happiness? What is, like, sadness? And being accepting that being happy is also being sad. Yep. That's what it really, I feel like it is.
0: Well, I think happiness, like, so to, to quote Alan Watts, this is a callback to a conversation <laughs> we were having earlier. He, said, he says black implies white, and in a sense, happiness implies sadness, right? I think the, the fact that you can appreciate how bad things could be
1: Can also make you happy. That provides me so much joy. Yeah. Like, look, a friend, even just today, I had a negative $2 balance and my friend gave me $3, Venmo me $3. And the sadness of having negative $2 in your bank account, but then being happy that my friend gave me $3 and said, don't worry about it. I wouldn't have had the happiness without the sadness of a negative $2 bank account. Yeah.
0: Well, um that reminds me of Viktor Frankl. He wrote the, um
1: There's so many references here I
0: don't get. Oh, no, it was uh, this is for people who are going to read after this. <laughs> 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 But um, he, he wrote a book called Man's Pursuit of Meaning, and he, it was, uh, he was a psychiatrist who was a Jew in Germany during the Holocaust, mm-hmm. he was taken, all his work destroyed by um, Hitler's goons. This is a like comedy memoir, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, th- this is the crazy part, right, is he's taken the Holocaust, he, he's lost his family, his wife, I think his wife was killed in front of him. Oh, um, Jesus. Um, and he, it's like, I want to say six months in, and he gets some porridge. And there's like a little... <laughs> he gets a, like a little scrap of the cartilage of a chicken. And he said in his life, he's experienced no greater joy oh. than in that moment. And he said he's watched the birth of his daughter. He's been married. He's been validated the by... The birth ours-
1: of the daughter doesn't mean shit with that <laughs> scrap of cartilage of chicken.
0: <laughs> Fuck you, daughter. <laughs> it, but it shows you how how much perception, how he, he, like, like that raw joy,
1: you know. Here's one thing is uh, I was in... I, the past couple months I've been without a lot of money uh, with the, <laughs> I've been without Money Where it's been Like a couple weeks I got a negative $400 balance Fuck And I have in my backpack right now Is bread and peanut butter And a butter knife And The joy that brings me Being knowing that I have food In my backpack and i'm not going hungry it really like the fact that i've had very limited access to food when as a couple of years ago i would just buy shit buy a bunch of meals that i didn't need and just overeat and gorge myself but now i appreciate food so much after not having it a lot in my life recently where I, even just having this peanut butter... Like, I went to House of Blues, and they checked my backpack for anything dangerous, and I had to open it up and be like, there's just bread and <laughs> peanut butter here. <laughs> but... Uh, after losing... If you... I think if you lose a lot of what you have, you come to appreciate it, especially with, like, food and the chicken cartilage. Like, I would probably... Come, if I found a chicken cartilage and I was in the Holocaust. Yeah. Like, that would be a beautiful. I'd be like, oh my God, this beauty. Like, God gave me this if yeah. I believed in God. God gave me this. And those are the little things. Like- but He also puts you in the concentration
0: camp. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <I'm> just-
1: <laughs> <laughs> he just threw me a little bone, a little bone, little chicken bone. And they like, yeah, I'm sorry about what I did to you, yeah. about putting you in here. But here, have some chicken. You still like me? That's God. That well,
0: I so to me, it's it's strange to me that all the countries that um are uh, the like if you take the ten countries with the lowest GDP. All of them are mad religious, like top ten most religious country, countries in the world. And then, if you take a look at the ones where, like, like life expectancy is like stupid high, mm-hmm. all don't believe in God. And so, like, what? I'm, like, and so, like, what, what I'm trying to, I'm like thinking is like maybe it's that like God is like a hot chick, and he's like oh, like you know, like only showing attention to the guys who don't really like her. Oh,
1: <laughs> that's beautiful.
0: Um, but like in, in it, I, I think that it, it it is so much about perspective and. I I remember in college and like for OG listeners you probably have heard me tell this story a lot is I in college I drove a luxury car and I got my license suspended my parents took it from me and um, I freaked out I freaked out I was like what the fuck and my mom was like what the hell I'm screaming at her on the phone and I'm like and then she's like why why are you so upset and I'm like what girl is gonna like me without
1: my car. <laughs> You fucking pussy and, Yeah,
0: and, and I said it out loud But like the the mere fact of saying it out loud And I think this is works for a lot of what our pain is, is Is by merely just verbalizing our pain We actually can either confront how really stupid it is
1: Oh uh, yeah, you know I agree um, Saying it out loud Like even me having a negative $400 bounce That's really funny to me That's really <laughs> funny to me I tried to do a joke at Coles, And it didn't go that well where I said, uh, I had like $60 from dog walking in cash, but I couldn't give it to the bank because then it would be negative $340, which is the same thing as having negative $400. Yeah. Like at a certain point, it's just, all, it's just I, at a certain point, it's all the same. I still, the fact is, I don't have money and I owe money. Mm-hmm. But what, here's a question What makes you sad? What makes me sad? Yeah.
0: Well, I've talked to you about this, um, and and the listeners, um, I I don't feel appreciated sometimes, but and not by the people who appreciate me appreciate me, but I don't feel like in a sense sometimes that I'm appreciated, or I'm and and deeper than that loved in a romantic sense. I've been like lonely for the last year and a half, and even then, like in the grander scheme of thing, even though I've had a lot of sex, I've never had what I feel like what I'm, a humble what a little humble back oh, yeah, no, well, like, like, hey, I've had tons of sex but I've never felt like they, I was there I've never felt yeah, like I was anybody's yeah. number one choice and like but if I'm being honest dude I'm not six feet tall so like <laughs> you're still
1: lacking a lot like
0: <sighs> so I'm gonna post this tweet tomorrow and it's like <laughs> me asking my therapist it's like me I'm good looking why am I still single and it says because your good looks aren't enough to outweigh your character flaws
1: yeah that is true and it's just in terms of the wider perspective that even if you think you have something that might put you above others in terms of dating, it really – that's in your head. Yep. Because a lot of people out there right now don't also don't see money as the huge status thing. Don't see – a job as a huge status thing. So, there are people out there that don't give a shit about that.
0: So, it, it, like I've talked about this, uh, like um, dating for me in Chicago is like trying to sell microchips in the Congo. Okay. It's like you know.
1: <laughs> Where the fuck do <laughs> you the microchips? Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but my da- my dad said this is my my weakness. He said he said son is um, that you're see unlike me he said you're good looking enough. To play the good looks game, but not good-looking enough to win at it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're not... You're you're like a B. You're not an A. Yeah, exactly. And you... But then you combine the good looks with humor and empathy and, like, all the things, like, people would want to see. But even then, that might not be good enough. Well, the thing is, is, like, you can't add... So I'm having
0: this bit Where it's like You know I'm thinking about Going on this diet To get a a girl to like This is just uh,
1: Me and Me (laughs) listening to Bill's bits Dude I I
0: love bidding. Sorry dude (laughs) And honestly Probably one of the reasons I'm alone Is I love bidding people I bit I bit dates If it dates, like, eh, but like. Um, is that your
1: first question? Like, hey, do you want to hear this bit? No, I don't. I don't
0: <laughs> tell him it's a bit. But like, sometimes I take it way too far. Like, I remember one oh. time, time I was talking about like fucking. Like I was like, yeah, would you ever fuck a robot? <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ. <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about why am I alone and
0: single? But like, like, like the thing is, she was like loving it. It's just oh. I took, I took it too far like so like that the initial premise was cool but it was like <laughs> it, was, it was like it was like i was like kind of overdrafting my account with her and then uh, like I, I dropped like some super fucked up thing
1: man sadness just to get back to the topic of yeah. sadness uh when people view that as a very negative thing and it, in a lot of ways, it is negative because of the effects that happen when you're sad. You can overeat. You can drink too much. You can watch too much TV. Um, you can sad yourself gay. Yeah, you can sad yourself gay. Um, that's a thing. That's what has, Trump has also said. Uh, but it's like if you find if I find myself in a state of sadness, I try to think about why am I sad what are some things I can do while I'm feeling sad um, and a, a lot of that is being just self-aware and reprogramming myself into thinking that sadness is not a bad thing mm-hmm. beauty comes out of sadness all the like beautiful mu- movies we watch, uh, how many of them are just screenwriters just sad in their own rooms and they don't they just broke up with a girlfriend or boyfriend and then something happens out of that. A lot of art comes out of sadness.
0: One of my favorite films, Her. Um, That's a a beautiful sad, yeah. Um, and is actually a response to Have you watched Lost in Translation?
1: Yeah, I love that movie.
0: So that was actually both of their accounts. So the writers in that were dating. Really, and, and it's it's basically wow. the subtext of it is their relationship from the either wow, side. Wow, I didn't know that. Exactly.
1: One's in Japan and the other is, is in a, robots.
0: Yeah, but it it was about like the distancy, the connectivity. Like if you think about Tom Hanks and his relationship with his wife. And like, I mean,
1: I don't know him that well to I don't know, know his uh, relationship.
0: Oh, oh, no, sorry, I'm, I'm talking about in um in, uh, what's it called Lost in Translation and that. Tom Hanks, Bill Murray. Uh, Bill Murray was it? I get them.
1: Uh, dude, they all look alike. <laughs> white people look alike. Can we state that out there? But, Why, fucking white people. <laughs>
0: the, the thing is, is like, I also think one of the problems is, is that so A lot of people say you can't solve a paradigm From the place in which you created it So a lot of our sadness is in our head And a lot of times we try to think ourselves out of it But like, I think what b- gets me the most Is like When I go for a run dude It literally changes how your, your body feels And then you're willing to entertain like, And I understand like most people who are sad Don't want to run But if you, if you run or you're working out and you're really sweating your body can't help but feel you, better
1: yeah you you get a rush of euphoria yep um but one thing i reminds me louis C.K. said this in a in an interview with conan he said that he let himself feel the sadness mm-hmm. and he let himself let himself feel these tears coming down his face because after that he his body was like oh shit i'm feeling sad and it sent all these euphoric emotion like uh chemicals like serotonin dopamine just to your brain to make you not feel sad because your brain will protect you from sadness or your body will but bill is right now he's being a good host and pouring myself some tea um he's a great guy but he's also a very narcissistic person this is just this is me and you listener you stepped away
0: dude. yeah hundred percent on the narcissism, I think you have to be healthily narcissistic to be
1: happy um it's confidence it's really uh narcissism has confidence gone too far so uh, so like i think. I think
0: narcissism as a disorder, so I think one of the things is, and that creates a problem, also I love that Louis C.K. conversation, and I I remember other people talking about Mm -hmm. it, and um, even the experience I talked about with you where I was crying like a month ago, Mm -hmm. and I actually felt those emotions, because as a comedian, and you probably share the same thing, is we hide some of our deeper, more painful emotion behind humor. And even in that moment, I'm trying to protect myself with using humor mm-hmm. to, to basically stop from feeling some of this pain mm-hmm. um, and pacify myself. So I do, I do think that there is a time to really just let go. But there's also whenever we get obsessed with um, a victim point of view. And I think point of view is very powerful because like, like if you take a look at a Republican, right, and you take a look at a Democrat, you give them the exact same information and their point of view completely distorts it. Right, like even with this whole Trump fiasco, people, there are people like, oh man, but like Hillary. Did did you see McCain try to, during the Comey talks, literally try to say like, isn't it kind of messed up how you're not investigating Hillary right now? That's because his point of view
1: (laughs) is so, it's so warped. They're just trying to just shit on Hillary and whatever. Like they'll be in a McDonald's and be like, isn't Hillary fucking did it? Yeah. They'll be eating dinner and they'll be saying that shit. But people do that with sadness. And they do that with their pain and they do that
0: with the interpretation of data so it doesn't matter the philosophical interpretation that you could have when your whole tool of inspecting the world can just warp it to make you sad and make I you a victim th-
1: i think one way sadness can be a very negative thing is when i'm sad um like uh in the past when i'd be super depressed and i don't know how to deal with it uh when i'm sad i would just Go into myself Mm -hmm. and I stop thinking about others. Like one way to stop feeling sad is go fucking volunteer at a food pantry and then watch these motherfuckers come in for a can of food and be like, Oh, I'm my life is not that sad. Yeah. And when you but sadness when we get too deep into it, it isolates us from others and then that isolation probably causes other people around us to feel sad and it's this domino effect where we need to stop viewing uh sadness as as something that holds us down because that's our immediate perspective because I'm feeling sad I got to go beat by myself or I got to go do something that's unhealthy
0: I I feel that in that you need. there's a lot of rhetoric, that's, especially now, that go with what you feel. And I'm going to tell you, 95% of the time, your feelings are a piece of shit at leading you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, and like, oh, you know, like, yeah, when you feel fucking sad, you do feel like staying at home and not doing anything. I'm going to tell you there's nowhere sadder to be, no matter how nice your place is, than at home. Because the thing is, is your brain is just fixating on problems it can't solve. Our brain is a problem-solving machine, and so it everything is a mm. is a problem, mm. all right. And so, really, when a lot of times when it's not stimulated enough, it just comes up with hypothetical issues.
1: Can, I used to wallow in sadness to the point where it would. I had friends be like, "Yo, you're being like really too much for me right now," mm. and that's when I after. Several people have told me that I'm just like Oh I don't want to be this person It's like I'm okay with feeling sad But I'm not okay with feeling so sad That I have to Burden other people with this sadness There's one thing where you can Vent your friend about your sadness You can, you can Express it But then when you start Being a bummer so much That other people don't want to be around you That's when you gotta know that it's a problem Mm-hmm. And that you have to deal with it.
0: Well, I just came out with a YouTube video um, about how plug. Yeah, plug. Lazy philosophy YouTube <laughs> channel. Uh, <laughs> but it was a. Uh, it, w- it was basically about how your friends are drug experience, and you, different friends bring out a different kind of drug within you. And and some, they're friends that you feel really hyper and jubilant around. Mm-hmm. Their friends and like kind of like. Um, of course, you know, there's that Machiavellian side to me. So I was like, yeah, use your friends like drugs <laughs> <laughs> that, That's the name of the video use your friends like drugs uh-huh. um, But like it, it is true that like, you know, that that does rub off on on people and you have to be aware of that but one one of the things I, I, I Want to like get, get us back to that initial thing about sadness not it, you, you were saying that you were you like to wallow and it was kind of like a part of you at that time mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people build an identity around being the sad person. Like, if you're something long enough, that you basically will do anything to meet that expectation of the self, right? So, like, I I use this example is like I used to eat Taco Bell at 11 o'clock, 11 p.m. every night. And one day I came from Patsy's. Why is that a routine? Oh, because it's right across the street, and and, and so I would I would come back from a Mike's and I'd go get Taco Bell. Uh-huh. But the thing is, one time I ate a shitload of food at Patsy's. I was super full. And I knew I was full, but 11 o'clock came around and I felt this massive compulsion to eat Taco Bell. Yes. And I realized I'm addicted, not to Taco Bell, but eating Taco Bell at 11. This is, this is the thing, is a lot of people are addicted to, like, oh, I'm supposed to be sad. Like, like all this dope ass shit, that's not who I am. Like, who I was was a guy who got Taco Bell at 11. That's what I told myself. <laughs> and I would do anything to meet that expectation of myself, right? And now think about that from an emotional state. It's like, oh, I'm sad. I've been sad for a very long time, I don't know how to relate to myself unless I'm sad, so I'm going to program uh, myself to be sad at like
1: whatever really time hitting home for me, where you say that about how I'm feeling like being sadness is, starts to become an identity, and people in general don't want to be around only sad people. The people that I do like hanging around with, the friends that I do uh, connect with the most, are the people that can express their sadness, express happiness, express joy, express anger, all those things, and be able to move on. Mm -hmm. I think it starts to be a problem when you feel the sadness, and you can't move on. But one thing about, like, in our, like, I have depression, and uh, that's just programmed (laughs) sadness. Mm -hmm. That's really just uh, the lack of, serotonin or dopamine or whatever and i can't help it but there are things that i can do to help it like one thing i'm trying to work on a lot these days is self-care is going home when i'm tired mm-hmm. sleeping when i'm tired fucking turning off that tv if i need to shut my brain off eating right eating healthy because all these things if i don't eat healthy if i don't sleep well if i'm not regulating myself and having self-care i'm putting myself at a disadvantage where i'm more inclined to feel sad mm-hmm. more inclined to feel depressed and what you
0: when you describe those habits like to me right those are the habits of a person who more than likely is sad right like like you know what i'm saying and so And I'm not trying to, I feel self-conscious about the bidding thing, but like I'm working on this and I don't know how to make this funny. It's about earning your depression. So it's like, (laughs) like this whole concept of like, 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 you know, I'm out here, like, you know, I'm sad, but I've earned this shit. I'm like running five days a week, working out, doing all this other stuff.
1: Wait, can you say that again? You're sad, but you earned this shit?
0: Yeah, I earned it. So, like, if you're sad because, like, nothing's going your way or you're not working out or you're not doing all these other things, then I, I don't think you've earned your, sa- your sadness. I feel like the only way you can earn it is to be doing everything right and still be horribly dissatisfied. And, um,
1: but sadness is also so fickle and you don't need to do anything to get sadness. Exactly. Especially if you have a mental illness where you're, like, depression, where you're more inclined to be sad out of nowhere. And that's when it's really, if you're trying to, if you're out there just trying to, if you have depression, and you just suddenly feel sad, but life is going well for you. Um, I guess you didn't earn that sadness, but in what in your bit, but was it was it going? That's when it's hard to deal with, cause you're just like, I don't know how I, why do I feel this way? Yeah. But then realizing that you can do things to help get yourself out of it. But there are times when I've heard communions where say this, where if they're feeling depressed, if they're feeling sad, they'll let themselves feel that. And I'll let let myself feel sad. And then the next morning or the next day or in a couple hours, I'd be like, okay, that's enough.
0: Yep, to feel it thoroughly and then let go. And let it pass. Through. One of the things you said that really resonated with me was letting it, letting it pass through you, or, or going through the spectrum of emotions, and then letting it go. One of the deepest pains I felt when I was living in London, right before I moved to Chicago, uh, my friend Jay was going to come visit me, and we were going to go backpack through Europe. But I knew that, like, my time there was done. I'd already taken my test, everything like that, and I'd made friends. And I knew that basically this time in my life was 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 a, was going to be in the rear view. And I I, I felt a deep. Like a deep sorrow. I wouldn't call it like depression. It's just melanch- melancholy and sadness. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to go catch the matinee of Spider-Man. And...
1: <laughs> what, what a weird misdirection. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was uh, when um, Gwen Stacy, she gives the commencement address, right? And she says, what makes the experience valuable is that it ends. And I...
1: Burst into tears, in the middle. Like, isn't it, that beautiful when these corny ass movies say a line and it just hits home? Yeah, and it's like like you'll be watching a Disney movie and they'll tell you something about love that's profound. Yep, and you just be like, oh no, if I feel, I feel this. Exactly, I'm glad that Spider man like Spiderman. The maddening version yeah. uh, helped you feel that way. Uh,
0: well, it, and it, it really let it go is that what I, it, it's the, the reason why this is a valuable experience for me is that it, it does come to an end. And like, you know, and I think part of the human experience, and this is, this will sound cliche, but even the part that makes sadness, in a sense, beautiful upon reflection is the fact that you made it through it, right? And, yeah. Yeah. and that journey. And like the, the thing is, is, is that it'll never be okay. Like, the thing is, like, the, the big pains that we have, like, you know, I, I hate biographers because they work in moments like this. They say, at that moment I knew, or at that moment John Brent Franklin knew, and it never works like that. It's, it's a continual process of acceptance and letting go and feeling it and feeling, it. The, 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 we never fully get over some of the pain. I'm not over not being popular in high school. Like, that's, like, that's, really? Yeah. Well, like, the thing is, it's so much of our identity is constructed then.
1: But also, we're so much younger, so it hits home to it's us more. deeper because because not being popular in high school also represents the fact that like it you just you're like you you're wondering like why am I not being accepted in high school why then you start questioning your self identity and Trying to improve on that Like everybody who was unpopular in high school Or were unhappy with the way they were in high school Are doing choices or making choices in their lives That represent that they don't want to be that person Yep That's all that is Getting a job at a high rise Like in a like office downtown That's a reflection of the high school unpopularity Yep Getting a hot girlfriend Or getting a hot boyfriend
0: Well you know one of the things Um you know, I did dating coaching and I wrote for a dating site. Um,
1: for... This is all disgusting to me. uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> But, like, uh, one of the things that uh, we kind of preached in a, a paradigm and is big in the community is you are enough, right? And th- this. Th- You know a lot of these guys whenever they're going to talk to girls is because they come from this place of incredible lack and pain and Sometimes like and I'm gonna tell you there's nothing more powerful because like we like you know in the community It's encouraged that you go out like sober or not drunk So you don't end up making like foolish decisions or like putting anybody in a bad place But also like sometimes the hardest thing to do there is to stand there and just be you know
1: And that's something we're lacking nowadays because of our like our generation with our technology Everyone's on their phone Sometimes I just look I'm just I just put my phone away I'm just like Just sit on this fucking bus And be fine with it Yeah And But one thing you said That Hit home was My uh, My ex-girlfriend said During my time of Deep depression She said You are enough Mm -hmm. And that's something I really needed to hear Is because A lot of us Don't feel like We're enough well, we're being sold to,
0: like this is the thing: is we this um, capitalism or consumerism doesn't work if you feel good about yourself. Like that's the the last thing. <laughs> this
1: is a bit too sorry, but like <laughs> um, Bill is just doing his hour. <laughs> he just invited me on to just laugh. That's
0: what I'm In The audience, right? No, uh, Maria Bamford is he the one who did it with her parents? Just oh, like yeah. yeah. yeah um but it's it's that is that we we from lack we consume more right and i'm i'm going to tell you to back to the car thing is like i ended up having a very good semester with girls but also like i'm never going to own a car again dude like i'm dead serious with now mm-hmm. uber exists like my parents were like
1: hey do you want a car after grad i was like no why would i get a car by the way let me just shout out uber's a terrible company please go on
0: yeah oh terrible company but like this is the thing Anything that can has been truly wonderful in this world has at the same time been terrible at some point and that's and
1: <laughs> oh, Yeah, uber got like in a weird sidetrack uh, I've been thinking about this a lot like companies Once they go to a certain level where they trying to meet profits. Mm-hmm. That's when the The sacrifice comes in well,
0: um, they become psychopaths They, they, become,
1: do. Well, they no, By by very structure. Do you think they feel sad? The company do you think like the people running it feel sad that there's fucking rape uh, allegations uh, When uber first started off you, and then suspect that you're ruining a lot of people's lives
0: This is the thing is they look at it like this is yeah, you know um, You know there there's been these sadness and these pains taken by these people and I feel Awful that they wouldn't have happened probably because of that, but you know how many people are alive because of less drinking and driving accidents. That that's the, that's that, <laughs> that. there is a sacrifice. It's like you got to have good with the bad. Yep. And it, t- most people are too morally sensitive to be successful. That's another one of my YouTube you videos. You got. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then now we're just going to watch this video. There's going to be a link on the bottom. Please click that link cuz Bill needs a views. Give it a like, please.
0: But but it's it's true. If, if you can't that's why I didn't want Bernie Sanders to be president because he's too good of a person and you gotta kinda of be a bad person to <laughs> you be do.
1: Yeah. to succeed in the world you gotta have this Machiavellian sort of attitude. Like I think this in stand up where I'm just starting to understand networking. It's such a disgusting term and I fucking hate that I would be... Rep- oh, Jesus Christ. Be- I hope that was captured when I was trying to say something profound and beautiful and then just a fart interrupts. Because that is life. That's life. When you think you're saying something smart and then you just hear a wolf of gas, then I'm probably going to smell in a second. But, but, oh, just to get back to what you were saying something
0: about... Oh, Bernie Sanders. I'm um, a good person. Uh, Machiavellian (laughs) networking comedy. Oh,
1: networking is to succeed in any industry, you kind of have to be a little snake about it. Yeah. You have to like uh, finagle your way in, be like, oh, that person does this thing. What person do I know knows that person? And then you kind of just. The message here is just be a bad person and you'll succeed. Well, no.
0: So what I think the issue is and this is Nietzsche talks about this in the genealogy of morals, um, master and slave morality. So master morality um, is like it, it admires things like cunning, courage. Like, being, being, being whatever you need to do to get your job done, right? And then you have slave morality or peasant morality. Now, peasant morality is like, oh, you know, I don't want to network with that person. I don't want to be fake and just uh, um, not authentic. But here's
1: the thing. That's how I felt. Yeah, that's- When I first started off doing stand-up, it was like, I, that's how I felt.
0: I, that's how most people feel. Because this is the thing, in order to become a master, you have to change your morality. In order, in order to, to do that, you have to be like, look, I have a message that I want to reach people. If it comes down to talking to some people I don't want to talk to, that's cool. i talked to teachers for 12 years of my life, none of them of which I really wanted to talk to. There are tons of relationships I've just upheld for the function of being. This is part of being a human being. If this is the only barrier between me and success, then and I'm not willing to do this, then I'm a fucking coward.
1: Let's do a full circle around Nietzsche probably felt really sad when he wrote that.
0: Oh, dude! You, dude, there's
1: like this profound understanding of human, uh, like human beings, and then that probably make them made him so depressed. Well, the syphilis too. The syphilis? Oh it, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course.
0: It, but I I think only those who can stand outside of society can see how it works. Because um, I'm gonna tell you, my friends who crush it the most at life don't have this deep, profound understanding of how anything works. They kind of just stumble into that shit, you know. Most of if you, if you can break down why something is the way it is, it shows that you weren't always part of it.
1: <laughs> For me, I, when you talked about master mentality, morality, morality, <laughs> fuck, fuck you, <laughs> master morality, and slave morality, uh, or peasant morality, I am like, we're in this industry that's fucking poisonous. And it will suck the soul out of you If you're not careful If you only do the master morality But now I'm I only want to surround myself with people I can spot those people a mile away Who have that mentality Of being like I'm going to get whatever I want And I do not appreciate those people Because those people do not care about other people Mm Mm-hmm I've had, in my instance, like the last couple of months, I got out of the psych ward and, uh, and then realizing some of my friends don't give a shit. And the, the reality of me and the sadness of me coming out of the psych ward and all the uh, reasons why I went in there in the first place and the reasons why... Um, I left, and everything in between. Uh, that brings people down, or it can bring people down. And then I started seeing friends fade away, mm-hmm. because I was this person with a very, in a very tough time in my life. And the, and the people who, the friends that I really cared about. Were there for me But the friends that didn't I understand why they kind of had to fade away Why they had to stop Talking to me Because they're on their own path Mm -hmm. Me Like having to deal with me Or having to listen to me In their minds I think It feels like That'll bring them down And those are the people now that I'm trying to separate myself from and realizing that, oh, you got yourself in this the first place. You made friends with these people who only want to be around you during the happy times or the good times. Um, So I take responsibility for putting myself in that situation of having these friends. But now I'm getting to the point where I... Can only surround myself with people that give a shit, that care about others, that have empathy. Because a lot of motherfuckers out there don't have empathy. Like, if you feel sad and you tell a friend, how many like how many people out there tell their friend that they feel sad and the other person goes, uh, huh, why? And just that reaction is just so not helpful.
0: Yep. I think it comes from. I think you definitely need to be saying that stuff so you find out where you need to wean out.
1: That it does. It does. I, I did have to wean out a few people, and it. I'm a better. I live a better life for that.
0: Yeah. Well, and also here, here's the thing: is I actually, I don't think every. I think there's like two motherfuckers in this world that you can probably like real legit just like. Go like ham like all the way like confidant level and then and like and th- that's just the nature of it working because number one It takes such a long pre-existing relationship For people to be able to take on those emotions to be able to say what you need to hear in that moment, you know And to be able to have that level of empathy and all that stuff. That's some soulmate level shit, you know and like so for me for me, I I expect There's like gradations of people, right? And you know, I'm not gonna get mad at them for being necessarily who they are. I'm just not gonna go to them. Like I look at it like yeah, that's like, what I do
1: now. I have yeah. certain friends where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to you when I'm happy. Yeah. And then certain friends are where I go to you when I'm feeling depressed. But my good friends are just like, or just. It's so rare to have people you can go to both with. Hmm.
0: Well, I think you have to create that context, and sometimes the people aren't willing to let that create. Like, like. So I look at everything like a game, right? All social interactions are game. Now I'm also... By the way, that's a
1: I think that's a I under I get it and I understand that a lot everything is a game. It starts invading your mind when when I started think when I was thinking like that like everything is a game and I still think like that sometimes. Because everything is. Yep. You're waiting you're waiting for someone to say something and then you react, you react this way and then you see how they react and then you respond.
0: See but like here's the thing I systematize it So there's some sorry? People, I systematize it So like whenever you're talking About the back and forth Not every back and forth Is the same Right like so like Even in this In, the, in this podcast episode We played a myriad of games We played the joke, Joking on game We yeah. played the rag on each other game We talked We're playing the deep Empathetic game like and I'm not saying in the moment I look at it like this, oh. but in, in in other moments I do. After I finish the conversation or whatever, I look and see what games did I play with that person. Or sometimes when yeah. it doesn't work, that person just can't play that game with me, and that can be a deal breaker. Like I play rough, right? I, I'll I'll throw out philosophy and all these other things. And, if, and if, <laughs> if if you if you can't if you can't play with me or yeah. if if that scares you, then we can't be friends on that level. That's fine. That's
1: fine. You know, it is.
0: It does. Everything has a purpose. Yeah. Well, every, everybody has a place. And I think the thing is a lot of people, like, got a lot of McDonald's friends and are expecting steaks. And, you know, you don't go to McDonald's for a steak. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. like, you have a couple steakhouses that, you know, they're, they're, they're the people who, who you really fuck with. Let's go deeper, though. What do you do when you're sad? What do I do when I'm sad? Yeah. Dude, I, like, I'm going to kid you not. Th- these are the things. I call my mom or my friend Jay. You know i actually call a lot of friends and probably express it that's a very healthy thing to yeah do. and then i'll say am i this is the thing is my mom loves me a lot but she's not gonna like really she'll she'll let me have a couple lines in there and then tell me you know this is what you should do and then like if i'm feeling real sad i'll take a cold shower and then i'll work out really a cold shower helps with sadness
1: oh dude it will make you feel alive
0: <laughs> dude i'm gonna t- i'm gonna tell you right now the thing is why so- don't
1: psychiatrists just prescribe a cold shower what why don't because I can't make money off of that, <laughs> that,
0: that, that that's the thing because water is free yeah exactly well like dude if, if therapists were really and psychiatrists were really out there to help you they'd hire we would all have personal trainers well this is a prescription for a personal trainer for six weeks like <laughs> you know and you know um, that is I, cold shower Tony Robbins says if you want to change your your emotional state change your state of feeling so things like cold showers running Dancing, oh. these things are changing
1: your heart rate, right? So it. So reiterate that for me. Um, reiterate that line,
0: So so basically, you when you change your emotional state, you, when you change your baseline state, it changes your emotional state. It's very hard to think yourself out of emotional state because it's there's a lot of feelings there. But if you change the way you're feeling at that moment.
1: Now that I think about it, like yesterday was like fucking ninety degrees in Chicago. And it was humid as shit and I was trying to sleep and I was such in a bad mood. I said I'm going to go take a shower to cool me down. Yep. And that by an effect it cools it cools my body temperature down. My the back starts to feel cooler. That is where the spinal cord is and now yep. the information comes through and then my neck starts to feel a little bit less tense. And all this, like, it does, like, it's very interchangeable, the body and how the mind feels.
0: Well, so I listen to this guy, Elliot Hulse, on YouTube, and he actually really changed my life. And he says the body is the mind, right? And, like, I'm, um, there's a book that I'm reading to help me with stand-up. It says um, uh, Releasing the Natural Voice, uh, something that, Unleashing the Natural Voice, and it talks about an... And you'll see me do this before set, it looks super fucking weird. I'll be stretching up like this, I'll uh, do this, and I'll I touch saw, my
1: toes. I saw um, my friend Mona doing like a downward dog before her set today. Yeah, and oh, but yeah. the thing is, is because we store the tension in our throat uh-huh. all over our body. So yeah. whenever someone tells you, hey, just
0: calm down, that's kind of actually really like not helpful. It's so not helpful. Yeah. You ever been told not to calm down? You don't calm down. No, well, and, but like if you if you realize you're storing all this tension in your body, you just do something like this mm. and, and then you stretch it.
1: That's it why I love doing out. yoga. It's just like it opening up your body opens up your soul and mind, Yeah, I think.
0: Well, it, it gets you out of these rigid patterns, right? That yeah. we experience all the time. I mean, dude, we walk like this like all day and we relate to each other like this, and we stand like this, when you do stuff like this or like that, it reminds you, and, and like pain actually gives you awareness. So I, I bit, but it's about how like- um, oh, Jesus it's, Christ, <laughs> number 75. It, it's, it's uh, our body is like an invisible suit that we're wearing, and we're only aware of it when we're in pain. Right so like let's say like I don't even know my elbow exists until I like slam it against a door Right yeah and that brings awareness like if, if, if everything is going fine in your body you are completely unaware you have a body
1: By the way a lot of people to put to interweave the main topic a lot of people associate pain with um, sadness And then that's when it starts to be it starts to uh, hurt you Yep When you can just view as pain as something that helps you grow but a lot of people will experience pain and they'll just be sad
0: so i um i was in copenhagen and i was um at the bar drinking and my friend jay was uh, hooking up with the chick and i ended up talking to this italian dude right and he it starts off cool we lived a lot of the same places and then he starts like really complaining about his life and like i find out he's like 40. (laughs) <laughs> and he and he's like mad at his parents for never paying for college i'm like dude you're 40 dude stop and, complaining and, and, about and, that shit and and his parents were paying for his hostel by the way and oh, um Jesus Christ. And, and and he's like dude i just want to be happy at first he's like you know my friends they're never there for me i gave so much to them i was like well you could just stop <laughs> like you know like that's a big thing if if you don't like how someone treats you like you can just, just stop, walk away, man, walk away, just walk away, uh, and, motherfucker. And, and exactly, and that, and so, and then he was like, "But I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy." And he's like getting kind of emotional, and I finally I got mad, and like earlier that day I torn my hand open during deadlifts. We had got a gym pass, and I said, "You want to know the secret of being happy in life?" I said, "To fall in love with pain, because everything." <laughs> you, I said, "Because everything you want in life." is it wrapped in pain. You want to have the career of your dreams? There are going to be tons of nights where you're spending time doing shit you don't think might work. Just to have an opportunity to have the career of your dreams. You want to have love? You're going to have arguments that hurt your soul. You're going to have, feel rejected. You're going to feel vulnerable. You want to have the body of your dreams? There's going to be so much you have to say no to. And I, and, and in that moment, he he thought I was a complete dick, Right? But, like, it, I, don't, I don't think, like, if there's a grander context, if, if, if God exists, that he was there for me to release that experience because that made sense to me. That you can train yourself to love pain. That, that pain is about interpretation. And pain and pleasure are stored in the same part of the brain. You can't experience—they're literally in the same part. And that's why, like, like, you know, like, massages, they hurt good. You know,
1: it's like— at, I love at, it. At, yeah. And like, I love it when it hurts. But one thing about your friend is um, he probably feels a lot of sadness and there's a lot of people out there like him who they can't get out of their sadness because they go, I just want to feel happy. Mm-hmm. It's like, motherfucker, these are all states of being. Yep. You will feel happy, but you will feel sad and you'll feel everything in between. Yep. And these are all states. And then this state, realizing when you're sad that this state is not permanent. Yep. No motherfucker is just sad. A hundred percent of the time, and that's what I I hope your friend now realizes that, I, I, but he I, might be in a gutter somewhere.
0: Dude, I I I didn't talk. I talked to him like one other time while I was at the hostel. I mean, we we didn't connect, but I wrote a blog post about it. like months later, <laughs> that whole experience. But like like to me though, it was it was just really, it was really crazy to see that, and but it it made a lot of sense. Like like and like, so whenever I'm like really like pushing myself i like i love this shit i love this shit and there's only so much brainwashing you can do right like sometimes pain is
1: just pain but then you you think about it and it's just like it's a privilege to feel pain it is man pain has been a part of human existence since the very fucking beginning and uh, it's something that now because we don't experience a lot of pain now because we've isolated ourselves with our things that provide us so many joy and now the pain of not having Netflix working is so painful because we haven't experienced, we've isolated ourselves from not feeling pain. Yep. That's why it hurts so much when your internet is lagging.
0: Well, well it's because of this expectation. And I, I, this is where I really think most pain comes from. Um, there's a Hindu uh, There's a parable in the Brahma Gita And in it I don't know the exact What st- is that? Uh, it's, so it's the Hindu It's the I'm Hindu an, text. an
1: ignorant All the people in India And Asia Or whatever I'm an ignorant American So I have to ask these questions Like what is that?
0: No, no, dude I'm sure their listeners Like what is that? And it's basically It's uh, the the first Hindu text And it's about Arjuna uh, Talking to Shiva I, I The story What I'm sharing from this Is about Uh, basically there's two things first is in that it says that you're only guaranteed your labor not the fruits of your labor which is interpreted to mean all you have in life is the process and that's it and you're not guaranteed to profit from the process but one that's one of the things that made sense to me about stand-up is like dude like Already like like people like have asked me like will what if you don't make it? I'm like dude Do you look at how dope my life is like right now? Like my life is imbued with fucking meaning right now like you know and like the thing is the process will take you So many places and then the other thing is a hundred percent of your intent free from outcome And it's this entire philosophy that like in anything you do if you give it everything you got But are free from the outcome all
1: you get is a gift when you stop expecting things Mm-hmm. When you stop thinking you deserve anything, you stop thinking in stand up, stop thinking you deserve this show, mm-hmm. you deserve this spot, you deserve to be on like the uh, be bumped up at an open mic list. Then you'll start feeling even happier and joy. Exactly. But one thing I love about stand up is pain and failing helps us grow so much as stand ups. Like, oh, yeah. Many comics have talked about this before. Like, their are My worst sets are where I've learned the most.
0: You can't... Yeah? Uh, dude, it, pain anchors a lesson. Um, I And I, I... Dude, I've had some bombs. The biggest... The most painful bomb I've ever had. My biggest bombs, I actually were euphoric, actually. Like, you know... <laughs> I say it's like bombing with your dick out whenever you're like, Oh, no, I'm taking this whole fucking place with me. Blah, blah, blah. But, like, my... My most painful bomb, I bombed at Dope Meets Fresh, Emerald City Coffee, and it was on a joke, and, um...
1: (laughs) Why did you bomb so bad?
0: Um, dude, and I I still, to this day, think it was, uh, people just not fucking liking me, because this is why. I bombed super hard doing that joke, and I knew it was funny.
1: What what joke were you doing?
0: uh, So it was, uh, the same thing that motivates me to work out is the same thing that compels a terrorist to fly a plane into a building. (laughs) Virgin Pussy. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that's a structurally sound drum
0: yeah and then it goes deeper and it's like you know my gym has the same marketing strategy as Al Qaeda you're gonna get tons of goals. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and and so and I, and I knew it worked and I felt I felt I felt like, and it was one of the things. I called Brendan Lemon right after. I was like, I, I had so much hate in my heart for this scene, <laughs> and, and, and I, I go home and, dude, it's on like day three hundred forty consecutive. So my entire world's kind of like warped and stuff. Yeah. And I go home and I write down everything that means more to me than stand up. I write like, I want to be an author. <laughs> That's beautiful. I want to be a screenwriter. That's I beautiful. Be, and and dude, like literally, I started doing super good after that. And like, I'm not saying I haven't bombed since then, but dude, like like literally night and day. And you know, I did that same joke when we had our show at the comedy bar. Applause break. Applause Applause break. <laughs> and then that's what I realized is like these guys don't control funny. I know what's funny. and and like this is the thing, is like dude, like god damn it, like
1: sometimes you just gotta know.
0: You gotta know that like something is funny and you might not have said it Yeah,
1: right. it's I have jokes about school shootings where it's worked many times, but the times it doesn't work. I just have to push through it. Yep. and Be like, okay. Uh, in my brain, I know you guys are statistically wrong because this joke has worked, but when you talk about um your worst bomb, uh I mentioned this to you earlier like one of my saddest bombs was on my like year two of doing stand up. I was nineteen sophomore in college. it was Christmas Eve, and I don 't have really family, so holidays are a very depressing time for me. so I thought, hey, wouldn't it be good to just go do this? show this open mic show uh on christmas eve at Ace Bar and I went there and I just ate shit so much and I walked away feeling even more depressed feeling even more sad because there were comics there that res- I respected so much and then watching their faces judging me because it was like a judging it was like a gong show type competition that hurt a lot but that also now I think back on it I love that moment. What a sad moment. That's like a movie thing where I just mm-hmm. like walked home when it was snowing after a terrible bomb. When I was so excited to go do this one thing that I loved. And I was lonely and not around um, family. And it was during the holidays. But now also the lesson that I learned from that is not giving a shit what these older comics think mm-hmm. when I don't do well. Just... This, this
0: feeds into a concept of, like, just because people believe something doesn't make it true. Like, there are hundreds of millions of kids who believe in Santa Claus, and that doesn't make them real. And... <laughs> Shut up, you fucking fascist. Yeah, yeah. Like, Santa Claus is real. But, like, the, the thing is, is other people's perception of you doesn't control the truth. And when you when you really get out of that mind state... So, what actually... We talked about this earlier. I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast. Is the role that status plays in sadness. And, like like... Part of what robs us of the joy of experiencing magic, the magic of everyday existing in the modern world, is the fact that we are exposed to people doing better. And we have the status anxiety. And status anxiety is absolutely crippling. It's the, the idea that who I am in relation to other people, when we're living better than kings did for millennia. Right, and, 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 and so like, it, all our problems are, are, are based upon so much privilege, you know? But what really is at the root of it is status. And if you can unplug from that matrix and realize, like, really, the status games, they do have real effect. But what, you know what trumps everything? Behavior. Status might exist in the real world, but if a dude acts with more confidence, and I've seen this happen in real life tons of times and to, like, so many times it's, like, actually sickening. Like, you know, where, like, you have a, some, one of your friends who's good-looking, rich, Educating you have one of your friends who's a degenerate who's short and uneducated and he pulls that chick away from that dude just because he he's acting as if he has more status and there's behavioral cues and That's almost it with
1: everything. I started getting um, I don't know if I should say this. I was at a club a comedy club and I interned there before and then I came back after a couple years um, just wanting to get situated after the psych ward, Just wanting to be exposed to comedy again Falling in love with comedy again And there was this one person there That was Who Didn't give me a lot of respect I could see it Like wouldn't pay a lot of attention to me But then He or she saw me Interacting with all these Other comics and like And I, he or she just Saw me like, coming up to them, talking with them, and, and seeing that I have these relationships with these people. And then he or she just started giving me more respect. And I thought, and they actually mentioned, like, how does Jason know these people? And I thought in my head, I was like, who the fuck gives a, who gives a shit? Why are you concerned with how, like, who, who I know? Why, why is that the basis that I'm now getting more attention or respect from you? Mm-hmm. And that's what makes me really sad. Is that that was done onto me. But I also do that to a lot of people.
0: Yeah. To, to me, it's just the nature of the game, right? And not just comedy, it's every game, right? Human beings, one of the most powerful heuristics of seeing whether somebody's important by their associations. Right. That's why, that's why yeah. dude, dudes have Tinder pictures with them and like, <laughs> like, like eight girls or whatever and them with their friends doing this. It's, it's a matter of association status and that like, it's very difficult for someone to tell how much they're supposed to
1: value you when you're a, a lone wolf, an individual. Do you think our immigrant – this is a different co- uh, question. Do you think our immigrant parents feel – have felt as much sadness as we have?
0: My dad told me something. My dad's not an immigrant, so he... Your dad's not an immigrant? My dad's black, African. <laughs> my, dad, my dad's African-American. I'm sorry, I assumed
1: he was Indian.
0: Yeah, my mom's Indian, my dad's oh, okay. black. Okay. And, um, and so, the, um, he, he talks about... He was born in 1947, so he fought in Vietnam and stuff like that. And he talks about this. He said, you know, I was willing to die for my country. He was a Marine, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He was, I was ready to die for my country. And I love my country. And I came back to a country... And knew for a fact that it didn't
1: love me, and that hurts my soul so much because I understand how true that is. Veterans who have this sense of, like, people who just get enlisted who have the sense of purpose, and they come home and they realize their country doesn't give a shit. Unless there's one day There's Veterans Day Where there's a fucking march
0: And now can you imagine Veterans Day When there's a colored sign In front of the thing So you can't even uh, take a piss During the parade
1: Oh and, fucking shit Yeah
0: And like my grandfather fought in World War II In Korea You know it's, it's Some of the most intense Conflicts ever And like The thing is Is this Is that I think one of the things Is If you If you think But <laughs> I told him back this And I the People who are from Malaysia Know this I was like He's like you know I was like Dad you know As sad as that is you know it's it's nothing like being an indian in malaysia <laughs> cuz M- malaysians fucking spit on they it, do it's awful bro i've
1: seen these um the hatred in other countries and nowadays this is also now i'm making this observation now i've been seeing a lot lately after trump got elected uh, these videos where there's active hatred but then I see I I've seen those videos in other countries way more where they're just beating a guy with like a fucking wooden plank, yep, and they're just throwing shit at him and he's just like crippled. I'm like, oh, I America is still like number four or five in that field. Yep. of hatred.
0: Well, no, dude, I'm gonna tell you like this, bro. If um. If Japan was a Western nation, we'd be calling them Nazis. Like and like and this I mean, is nothing against the I, Japanese. I agree. You dude, you, you know, <laughs> know how that. how hard it is to become a Japanese. You have to like marry a Japanese woman, get her pregnant like nine times. <laughs> you know, like I like and, and that and that's the thing is is and I think the West should be held to higher standard from all the the misery that they have done yeah. <laughs> and 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 put on other people. But like let let's not be. Um, I think we speak in hyperbole, which is also another problem with sadness, is that it, I think words are very important. And I think they allow us to diagnose ourselves with precision. And most people in America, the, the, it, English people don't do this. They speak with precision. We don't.
1: We're like, oh man, it was the worst thing ever. Uh, can I mention about Japan? Like they have one of the highest suicide rates. Yep. One of the saddest things I know is that someone told me when they went out went to japan they just saw shoes outside of a building and they were like what okay free shoes (laughs) ha 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 but they realized that that person took off their shoes went up to the top of the roof and just jumped off and i think one thing we america gets shitted on so much but then i like I see these other countries. I'm like, there's something wrong with your, you guys too. Well, it comes back. A to- lot of hatred stems from being sad, right? When you're sad, you don't know what to do with it, so let's just hate someone else.
0: Exactly. Well, this also has to go with the status thing, right? To tie it back, you know who hates black people the most or minorities the most? Black people? No, poor white people. <laughs> <laughs> poor white people, because like this is the thing is. You- part of the status game is you hate people below you that's just been the general thing yeah and and so you need someone to be below you to 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 basically validate your own place in the hierarchy
1: here's one thing i i don't think this is a a topic that is talked about enough in um african-american culture the concept of if you're light-skinned you're perceived as better yeah and then if you're darker like if you're darker, like, your own people will shit on you for oh,
0: being darker. Dude, I dated this girl in, in uh, college, and she was white, and I was talking to her about how my friends were ragging on me for getting my dark, they were my black friends. I was like, yeah, do you white people ever do that about, like, pale and shit? And she's like, no. And she can't honestly tell the difference. Because, like, this is the thing. Once, basically, once you're darker than tan, you're just black. Like, you know? <laughs> like, that, that's just it. Like, just, and... And she she um, But like one of the things That I think Colorism is a huge thing It's worse in India Right Like Yeah uh, But w- Like the The places I'm best received Are places where like Germany And like the Nordic countries Because they don't The color's not part of their status system Col- You know why, where colorism comes from? Whether you worked out in the fields This is why, why It exists in China It exists in Vietnam It exists in Korea Because it shows that Oh you worked outside That's why the color like, association bad Pale
1: Asian people Pale Japanese Pale Korean That's Perceived as better in our culture. Yeah, as opposed to if you're like a dirty <laughs> dirty Korean uh, field worker
0: Exactly and so in countries where they don't really have that dichotomy that there's really not colorism like yeah There'll be racism, but like you won't see it driven on
1: those same lines. What an interesting perspective You know what? I think I've been thinking about like what? Drives this thought that this color is better than that color a lot of this is from our religious texts and in the Bible specifically when they say, like, white is in angelic. angelic
0: and all that stuff.
1: And then this black is this de- demonic thing. That paints a lot of how we view people. Yeah, it sets the frame. It does. And a lot of people don't blame religious texts for that. Yeah. They go, oh, this is whatever. This is a status thing. But if you go deeper into it, it's like, I, when I grew up very Christian. And then reading that... um the uh, the symbolism of white and what that means, and the symbolism of darkness and what that means, and realizing that perce- that, that not, the reading that that changed changed my perception of how I view people in the real world.
0: Oh yeah, well the thing it's is disgusting. Well, this is the thing is Mainly is we're playing These are all things They don't actually exist, right? You read the Bible in a made-up fucking language So, like, a lot like, like of It was keep,
1: English, so that's a real language No, it's made up Like, it's yeah. only existed a oh, thousand trying, years Yeah
0: Yeah, okay, so, like, it, it, it doesn't speak some Some unquestionable truth about reality But what the thing is Is people try to make the maps in their mind mean something This is I was talking to one of my friends And she's Nigerian And we're talking about, like, race and stuff like that And she was like, you know, like You know like black issues this that and i'm i'm like dude like um you 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 just got your jd your two sisters are both doctors right like how much of the black experience relates to your life almost zero all right now like when we're talking about nigerian americans or african immigrants to america first generation africans Dude, their experience is ma- very different from inner city black kids. All right, they're, they're the highest pursuant of of uh, master's degrees. They're sixteen times that of whites of the same socioeconomic status to get a thing. So why are we lumping it in like that? Is because that's a race is a weird heuristic of the de- distinguishing and uh, distinguishing people, right? It's overly
1: inclusive. Um, yeah, we're and then and then that's you, that's why I feel like um, I've heard this thing where. If aliens start invading us, that's when we'll finally start uniting as people, and then we'll be like color and race and gender is not as big as a deal when we start facing extraterrestrial beings. But then, like what what's also beautiful is that we're shifting our hatred from one another to these alien beings. It's because you need other. It's you need you need other. We're gonna do hour
0: thirty. This is a good podcast.
1: This is a good podcast. Hey, listeners. Um, I just wanted to address you guys for a second Because I felt too in deep with conversation with Bill
0: But I, the, About the aliens? <laughs> no, no, no Because this is very interesting is, um, So I'm um, listening to this audiobook called Moral Tribes And it is a, by a by, uh, Princeton professor uh, And he basically is a neuroscientist and a philosopher And he's talking about where our morals exist And part of that is He talks about the relationship between culture and morals And that we think race is this thing that like this big deal to us like neurologically We distinguish people based on clothing before race and that actually because you're never gonna caveman never came across someone of a different race But if you're (laughs) if you if you're wearing the same t-shirt to somebody that
1: promotes in-group out group I see that now a lot when I'm dog walking downtown if I'm there some days when it was like cold uh, March or whatever I would wear sweatpants and I'd be walking into these high-rises getting weird looks but now if i like if i wear boots and a clean pair of jeans and a clean t-shirt that's such a wide difference of how people i see people viewing me Mm -hmm. as if i just wear sweatpants and raggedy tennis shoes yep it really does like that's why a lot of people who are famous spend so much money on clothes and that's also a status thing no, it,
0: clothes are easy No so There's actually A philosophy behind fashion Right So You think of a Wall Street guy Who, who, who spends He buys like a um, You need a bathroom
1: um, Water Okay But yeah. I will go to the bathroom In a minute But we'll sit, finish what you were
0: saying Is um, So you, you, you imagine Like a Wall Street guy Right And he's walking And he has this Really nice suit you know, everything is there, that, you, that guy looks high status, right? But the level up of status of that is like, let's say some guy wearing a similar outfit, but he's breaking some of the rules. Maybe his shirt's unbuttoned, maybe he has an eyebrow ring, but it looks good on his thing, whatever. And it, they're, they're, but there's, and it still makes sense. And then you take a look at someone like Kanye West. When Kanye West leaves the house or, or any other hyper-famous person, they sometimes dress absolutely ridiculous. But that's conveying how much status they have. They have so
1: much that status. They can do whatever the fuck they want.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That,
1: on that note, I'm going to take a huge piss right All
0: now. right, guys. Hold on one sec. We'll be right back.
1: I love this
0: conversation. Yo, it's great. It, like, I'm, we're changing the topic to peeing and pooping. Um, <laughs> let me close that door. Hold on. Speak, speak into
1: the... But what I was... We're talking about how once you pee or you poop, you feel so much better. And that really is the cause of a lot of hatred in this world. Is that people haven't gone to the bathroom.
0: No, well, so um, on that is um, that's one of the things I say thanks for. Like whenever I poop, because I think about how do you think.
1: I thank God. <laughs> thank your biological system for allowing you to put so, You know, people are born without anuses. Yeah, that's, that's awful. That's awful. Yeah, and you have to create an anus.
0: Yeah, that's that's insane. Can you imagine being that dude before medical science? You just
1: died. You just died because there's so much feces built up in your system. Where you got to thank God for having an anus. If you're feeling sad right now, check your butthole. That's a beautiful thing. Exactly, and the, I the way the way I see it.
0: Is this is like I thank God for being able to take a poop And I also thank God for me being able to
1: stop pooping because there's a lot of people who've died of just dis- that like Oh, yeah Dysentery and then if we go deeper into this people have Crohn's and IBS who yeah. can't stop. Yeah, and then me just laughing at them <laughs> outside of that.
0: Yeah well, Like the oh, thi- well, that's another thing <laughs> what is a terrible thing to say Well, um the TED talk and it's gonna be out pretty soon is it's called someone's going to laugh when you die and It's basically this entire concept of like, dude, we work so hard to be taken seriously, but if I accomplish all of my dreams, that's only increasing the target on my back for people to make fun of me. <laughs> and so, like, rather than spend all this time, like, worrying about what people say or think, just assume
1: everybody talks shit about you. Yeah, well, well can I say something to that? Yeah. Um, people don't care enough about you to talk shit about no, you. No, no, people talk, talk shit about you. Like this is. The... I know, I know, I, I just don't understand that, but... Uh, so I've heard that paradigm, and
0: I think it's... I think this is the issue, is whenever people are like, Yeah, but people really don't care. People talk mad shit. Like, this, this is the thing. People talk shit about you. Like, my mom loves me more than anybody. Talks mad shit. All right? And here's... Get your bum. Yeah, and that's everybody. Everybody who's interacted with you has said something. So why worry about I, it? Just assume
1: uh, that everybody talks shit. Well, this is the... We're going to the same outcome mm-hmm. with two different ideas. Where I think, like... I used to be so caught up in what people might be saying behind my back, but then I heard um, wise-ass motherfucker Jay Leno um, talk about how like people don't care enough about him to talk shit about him all the time.
0: Yeah, that's not true. People talk shit. Matt, should I, I talk do- shit about Jay Leno, but I'm not doing it
1: 99% of my day. Yeah,
0: but like, so here, here's my thing is. With that, it still leaves open the door, but what if they are, right? Who cares? But, exactly. But who cares? If you just assume they do, then it doesn't matter. Because like, the thing is, I think what bothers most people is what if someone's gonna be talking shit. It's not what they say, it's just like, are they? And I'm, prob- I'm always like, oh, they probably say the worst things, dude. They probably, oh. and-, and by that, you accept that reality, and then it's no longer a question, it's no longer a puzzle that's trying to be solved.
1: Here's one thing I find, I. Uh, amongst our group of, uh, in our field, comedians have said this before, where they're not a, they're not afraid of whatever heckler might say to them because they already said the worst things to them mm-hmm. to to themselves. Yep. Like I've said the worst things to myself. Like you can't hurt me because I've hurt my like I've talked shit about myself to the mirror. Well, but that's also a a dangerous road to lay down on because you're basing off the fact that who cares about the fact that you can't be hurt because you hurt yourself so much.
0: Yeah, that's swag as fuck. That's like the berserker in war. <laughs> like that you pay mad money for a dude who like you know what I'm saying? That's like the dude
1: who stabs his own hand or breaks his own finger right before a fight. Can I be real for a second? Like I have these cuts on my marks where I uh in January I was very caught up in PTSD and I couldn't take this memory away and I tried cutting myself and the pain of cutting really didn't do, really really didn't take away the pain of the memory, but I've had this thought in my head these past six months, whenever someone wronged me or I thought I was going to get in a fight or a confrontation, I would always think in my head, I was like, I did this to myself, do something to me worse. Like, what are you going to do? But that's also... I'm not proud of myself for thinking that way. Because the basis of that... Kind of stems from hatred of myself. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying very hard to get out of. Where it's like, I did this thing to myself. This shouldn't have any effect of how I deal with other people. You know what I mean? This is a... Uh, this The cuts were a very hard time in my life But now using it um, In confrontations Where I have Said like I did this to myself Like what the fuck are you gonna do to me It is a badass line to say Yeah It is like something you would say in a movie But I don't like bringing that up You don't like weaponizing it? Yeah You don't like
0: weaponizing your hatred towards yourself against someone else? Yeah Dude, I think that swag is fucked, bro. Like, dude, like, honestly, bro, like, here, here's the thing, man, is everybody kind of hates themselves, because you need to hate to love. Dude, there's nobody who, like, you, this is the thing, love and hate are stored together. So you love yourself, and that's why you hate you. We were talking about
1: this earlier, where, um, we were talking about love before we started recording. Uh, one thing I wanted to say is that when you love a person, you... You love the person so much, but you can also hate them so much on that level. But love is an encompassing all of that. The hatred, the love, everything in between, all the pettiness, all the little things. That's all love. Like Falling in love with a person means you're signing up to be eventually hurt one day Mm -hmm. and i think that's one thing that makes a lot of people sad is when they fall out of love or someone breaks that breaks up with them is they don't realize that this is also love like this is what you signed up for when you wanted to be in a relationship there was the possibility of failure the possibility of being hurt because you're so vulnerable to this person
0: see it's not a possibility, it's inevitable. It, like, like, even if you stay together, dude, do you know the opportunity cost of staying with anybody? Massive. It, it, even if you have a wonderful relationship, the what if I'm missing out hurts you. Dude, we're human beings. We find a way to make anything a fucking problem. But, you know, um, and I think Butters says it in South Park, that's really great. He's like, you know, <laughs> you remember. I that?
1: love you quoted yeah. Nietzsche and then Butters. Yeah,
0: in the same pod, man. That's dude, why people listen. The lazy beautiful. philosopher. That's beautiful. But like he's like you know I, I, like if i feel this sad, that must have meant I felt so this good at one point. And, yeah, it's a
1: profound thing.
0: That's it, you know. And I think in terms of like love, I think a lot of people you have to. Uh, so uh, you know, if you watch someone trip on psychedelics, right? You know, and you see them trip on psychedelics, they're like, oh, they're coming in and out of trips, or so it's been described to me. You know, and when they're coming out, they're trying to piece everything together, and there'll be multiple times where they come back and they'll be like. You know, wait, wait, what happened? Oh yeah, guys, I'm back, I'm back, I'm fine. And then they go right back into the trip. And I think that's what a breakup's like, is that in a breakup, you're like, you're coming out of it, you're you're in the world, you're kind of confused, and then all of a sudden you feel like, hey, hey, guys, I'm back, I'm back. And then all of a sudden you, you get lost in a train of thought, and you're right back in those trails of emotion. But over time, you experience a cycle, you experience a loop long enough, and then eventually you're just out of it. And you're out of it on the other side, and it's not saying you can never go back, It's never. But you, I would say this is that you leave who you are with that person, it's gone forever. All right, and even if you got back with them, it's not going to be the same. So, you, what you need to do if, in a breakup is try as rapidly to become a different person as quickly as possible because,
1: like, your identity as it is needs them. Your identity is still stuck when you were in the relationship. Exactly. With them. One thing about sadness, I think a lot of it stems from, is not being with someone. That loves us And A lot of that also stems from Not having enough love for ourselves Is that you stop seeing? Once you have love for yourself You stop seeking that so much in others You yeah. stop being so sad That you're not loved It's like I feel Way less sad Than I did uh Before I went to the psych ward Because I realize like now I have this love for myself. After being I felt like on the verge of killing myself, of ending my life and taking away something, um I realized how beautiful life is and how I should have love for myself. One thing I that kinda of made me I cried a couple times after leaving Um, Like a comedy club or a show Where friends would Like old comedian friends Would come up to me and be like I haven't seen you in so long And then me realizing that If I did end my life uh, I wouldn't have been able to see them And I wouldn't have been able to experience their love When they came up to me and being like I'm glad you're okay I'm glad to see you this is I love is out there. We just have to open our eyes to see it, yeah. and that's I wasn't able to do that um, before. Uh, pre psych word, my life is just pre psych word and post psych word now.
0: It like it's like A-B-B, AD yeah you yeah B C A D
1: yeah, except mine is real.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I that you know um. Camus, he has a book called *A Myth of Sisyphus*. Who is Camus? He's a French philosopher and or French writer and philosopher, and um, the book *Myth of Sisyphus* is he asked one question after after realizing that life is completely meaningless. The only true philosophical question is why is it that we do not kill ourselves?
1: Because, and, wait, sorry well, wait. his
0: answer was just like, well, shit, like yeah it's meaningless but fuck it <laughs> fucking, you
1: know, like, like once you start seeing the beauty in the little things like mm-hmm. like even just today I got to walk with some like a puppy that was just um, like only four months old I'm like oh there's beauty in that and there's beauty in me being able to buy a Wendy's cheeseburger for a $1.49 or something yeah. and eating that And I think we get so caught up in ourselves And I get Even now I get so caught up in myself Where I realize there's love out there I'm just not choosing to see it right now Mm -hmm. Because I'm sad And I just want to be sad Yeah, And I think that's also How a lot of people How a lot of people feel
0: Yeah Well like this is the thing dude Is like Dude, you didn't even have to murder that fucking cow or nothing. Like, you didn't. Dude, like, dude, like, that's the thing, bro. Is like, dude, you know how hard it is to make cheese? You know how hard <laughs> it dude, like. You I don't appreciate that. No, dude, dude, even the Wendy's sandwich, it's a it's a marvel of dude. Do you know how much suffering went into that shit? That that is. And it's a square, it's a square uh, patty. patty. They don't, they advertise it's a square thing. Yeah. Dude, nature doesn't work in straight lines. Dude, like, do you know how many people have died? From not having enough food, do you know how many people have died without eating meat? dude, do you know how many people have died because they didn't eat meat?
1: You know how many people have not experienced a wendy's cheeseburger? dude, those people have not experienced true profound happiness no <laughs> and, and, and the thing is is to let it mean something to you yeah.
0: and, and like I think a lot of times is people try to I, I say this is like people try to like times um your brain tries to rob you of the moment, you know um. Like I, I, every time it's about what else can I get? What is it, what? What does this imply? What does it mean about me? What is this saying about who and what I am? Rather than you know letting it be what it is, right? You know, and and not being so obsessed with what it could be. I think there's times to think about what it could be, but I also think in that moment itself, you know, like just to be, hey, like uh, I love that Dr. Seuss quote. Um, don't 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 cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. You know, um, I think that's really profound, you know, and then at, at, the, at the end, we, we take everything that happens to us for granted, right, almost immediately so, but we beat up 500 million sperm to be here, and I,
1: 500 million, five, I beat out so many of those motherfuckers to be alive. I should be celebrated for my existence. It, well, this, this is the thing. is We're all in the Olympic Village.
0: That's my my thing. And, and the thing is,
1: because everybody here has a gold medal... You know, when you immediately said, when you said, we're all in the Olympic Village, my mind went to the Munich Olympic Village. <laughs> and I was just like, no, we're not. Yeah. We're not going to get
0: murdered. Uh, but, and and it's so easy to forget that, like... That, like, our existence is very far away from being an accident. That there are people who have to stay alive through through horrible, horrific things in order for any of us to exist. And that we exist, that we can even contemplate our own sadness. There's so many people who don't even have the vocabulary to contemplate their own sadness, so they act out in violent and malicious ways. Oh, you know, like, yeah. I tell a lot of people, like, the big problem that they have, um, like... A lot of inner city youth have Or whatever They don't even have the words To diagnose themselves And they don't You know Do you know how many words you need The, the precision and thought to You don't many to... words When you can punch another kid In the face Yeah It's like It's like oh, you Shoot be, bullets Yeah Shoot bullets or kill somebody And that really comes from A lack of transparency A lot, lack of being able To diagnose oneself You know like um, Being in culture that that hasn't enslaved us or anything like that, we we've had such a beautiful thing. And I, I don't mean to trivialize. Like, so I have, I have this this joke, and this is really dark. But uh, it's like, well, I think like if anybody kills himself in America, we should at least give their spot to like a Nigerian guy with a PhD, because <laughs> at least they'll value it, bro. Like, I'm just saying. Like, if you can.
1: <laughs> so once they die, so. Is it okay during the funeral when they fly out? They don't they fly, he's their...
0: like the speaker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's like, hey, um, <laughs> you know, it's very sad that this person died, but fucking they're the reason why I'm here. You're, you're,
0: and, 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 and and at the end of the day, like, I think about that, dude. I think about how many people, like, in, in India, dude, people would murder their kids for for our citizenship. You have a American passport. But you know
1: what's also beautiful is that... Not from uh, India.
0: I'm just saying from countries. Like... <laughs>
1: is that then they come to America and they realize this ain't shit well the thing is is I think
0: so I think that there's a split I think it's not it's not the land of dreams that I think is concocted in advertising but I think that America affords a lot of upward mobility it does um, Indians are the richest um demographic in america um the average income of an indian household is a hundred thousand dollars a year what the fuck and it's it's not even close like taiwanese is the second which is is
1: on this list? it's
0: probably in the 70s or whatever but um we're doing all right (laughs) but like the thing is is immigrant culture is very powerful because it it basically you number one you come to here and you're like dude this is a gift your parents instill into you that this is a gift whereas um there's there's a lot of like people who are born into this no matter what race and they don't look at it like a gift, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of people are like oh it can't get worse. You know who the biggest people who I hear calling for revolution straight white males. <laughs> like like that, that, that that's it. Every 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 person who I hear talking about revolution is a straight white it's dude. It's
1: like um, they, there's they're calling for it, for the for the protests and the, the, the revolution, but some of us motherfuckers have to work. And we can't go to these protests. No. Because well, we need that money to survive.
0: Well, the protest to me, um, if you just voted, like, re- Republicans don't, don't protest. They just, they
1: just vote. Um, That's like, what people, I think, are now understanding the power of the vote. Oh.
0: Well, dude, this is the thing. is like for the black community, I'm black, you know, and so I can speak up on behalf of. Hey,
1: Bill is black.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but um, is is that we if we voted, voted just every if all the black people voted in America, dude, a lot of shit would change. Like, yeah, the, a lot. The, this is the thing: is is people don't understand it because they grow cynical. This is cynicism is the biggest way. I'm a cynic. But I'm an optimistic cynic. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a cynical with my view on basically everything that, that helps me deal with expectation biases and all that other stuff. But I'm also optimistic on what can happen in the process. People don't want to play the game and then they get mad that they get fucked by the game. You have to play the game.
1: But, but it's hard. One thing I'll play the other side. It's hard to play the game when the game has fucked you so much and put, the system has put you... At a disadvantaged state, where they're just shitting on you, and you're just like trying to compete with another white white boy for that college spot. Oh. So like that person, the like a black kid, the chances of them getting to that um, trying to get a spot in a in a college in a university is way harder for just a white. Middle-class boy.
0: Yeah, but this, this is the thing is and this goes back to another thing is and I'm saying this from an immense amount of privilege um, Is that the game the biggest lie ever told to anybody or the belief or expectation is that life is supposed to be fair And if you if you if you if you if you waste energy Thinking about how the game is unfair or how you don't have a tactical yeah. advantage it, it, it is wasted time and also with the whole example Yes, there are places in life where it's worse to be black And that's basically kindergarten, inner city black I'm not saying black in general In kindergarten through high school Applying for colleges, dude, you have tons of opportunities that aren't available So you get But
1: even to get to that point
0: It's so hard You might be shot Dude, you might be shot A lot of things we take for granted are basically things that, you know, culturally we're expected to do Because, dude, human beings, we're slaves to expectations, all right? And if, if you're expected to go to college, you will go to college, you know. But if you're not, you won't. And if your yeah. parents don't get it, if your parents, if your parents failed it, at-
1: expectation is not even just the parents. It's society's expectation yep. that this. That if you're a minority and you're inner city or you're poor, um, it's not expected out of you. No. It's what's expected out of you is go get a job at McDonald's.
0: Exactly. Which those jobs are going away. Oh like this is the thing. It was we're marching on our way to communism.
1: But that that's a that's a a, a different I mean, in the the beauty of all this is we're all going to die. Uh and that's life.
0: That that's a perfect place to leave it. We are all going to die and you don't know when you get to die. <laughs> no, you don't. And I'm, I'm going to Yeah, take, I you, could you, walk
1: outside the building right now and get hit by a car and this podcast um, this episode hopefully gets a few more listens.
0: Yeah, I will. I definitely like you know upsell it like that, like you know, and I would I'd like add on credits and shit, like you know. No, um, but but here here is the thing is that we are gonna die, and um, that we could we could spend it feeling sad, which I think there are moments that are needed, or you could work to be happy.
1: Hey, thank you, Bill, so much for having me on. This
0: Dude, podcast. this do you have anything
1: you want to plug? Um, just uh, follow my Instagram. J-A-S-O-R-H-E. It will be linked below. Thank you very much. People in India. Mm, I don't think the other people in different countries. It, just the people in India.
0: Just the people. Well, India, we, we thank you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I speak on Indian behalf, too. I'm also Indian. Guys, hey, as always, thank you guys for listening this deep. This was a dope podcast. Hopefully, we solved all your sadness and that you'll never be sad again. Um, and as always, like, follow, share, subscribe. Follow me on, um, uh, oh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Lazy Philosopher. Follow me on Twitter because I need it. And Instagram, yeah. Godspeed and good night. Bam.